Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, and I'm delighted and proud as always, to be your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist, and I help retailers and consumer-facing brands to drive effective and successful transformation. Understanding the key business challenges, defining the optimal solutions, accelerating progress, and helping create a culture of change, all ultimately to drive better business performance an improved customer experience. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 251, number 251. In the retail industry, we're talking a lot about loyalty and customer advocacy, really with a view of getting customers to come back and spend more, more regularly, and tell all their friends so they can come in and regularly spend lots of money as well. And of course, whilst that sounds wonderful, it's not necessarily quite that simple, right? In the modern retail environment, companies are grappling with many different facets and ever-evolving dynamics of customer relationships and behaviours. But there is one concept that continues to come out, and it's a powerful concept, that of community. But unfortunately, like many other powerful concepts and ideas, the term community can end up being used as a buzzword where it's not clearly understood. And it's just being used to bamboozle people around a mediocre idea. But in this ever-evolving world of retail, community should not be seen as just a buzzword. It's essential to help unlock unprecedented levels of loyalty and advocacy, plus you'll learn valuable insights and feedback that you just won't be able to get anywhere else. And if you get the community aspect right for your business, you really develop the relationship with your customers rapidly and you build up this powerful set of brand ambassadors. And so today I wanted to dive into this concept of community and help you understand what's possible and how you can start to build an effective and relevant retail community right now. The show notes for today are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 251. That's obandco.uk slash 251. So let's dive into this, shall we? And I wanted to start just by clarifying what we mean, because community is a word that is used quite regularly but it does have two distinct but valid perspectives. So firstly, to refer to the local community, the people living or working or being present in a local geography. And this is great for physical events for local customers, as well as connecting different people that have a common shared interest. And that interest is the location. That's not the community that we're going to be talking about today. Today, I wanted to talk about a retail community, 
where retailers are creating the opportunity for people to talk and connect. The common ground is a shared passion. And within this community, it's fantastic at developing that customer relationship. It turns people from strangers to followers, from followers to fans, and from fans to super fans or advocates or brand ambassadors, whatever term you prefer. And this community can be a vehicle to do any and all of those different transitions. So you can really take someone from not understanding who your company or your brand is all the way through to being a passionate, loyal and loving supporter of yours. And these communities can be either official or unofficial, i.e. are they set up and run by the company or given people have these passions, these hobbies, these interests, is it something that they are deciding to do in and by themselves? Because people want to engage with their interests, with their passions, with what is relevant to them. And they're going to do that one way or another. So if your company is setting up a community, fantastic, that's a great space. But if you're not, then those customers, those consumers are going to find an alternative solution. And in the world of social media, that's easier than it ever has been, right? So your company has to decide, are you going to be part of that or not? And just a quick word on passions as well, because... It's easy to think about passions being around hobbies, for example, but actually there are plenty of retail categories that might not appear something that you might get passionate about. A workwear retailer, for example, or a really functional, arguably boring product, right? But actually, firstly, if it's relevant and important for customers, which if there is a retail market there, then it clearly is, then actually they're going to want to engage. They're going to want to talk about it. Sure, it might not become the centerpiece of their life, but they're going to want to share tips. They're going to want to understand different aspects and they're going to want to ultimately connect to like-minded people, right? So that community is what we're exploring today. And I've got loads of different examples that I'm keen to share with you. But just before we dive into that, let's just step back and think about why are retail communities good? Why are they effective? Why is this something that should interest you? Well, there are loads of different benefits from my point of view. Firstly, thinking about customer loyalty and retention, because an engaged community of people encourages repeat visits to your store, your website, your social media profile, because they're being regularly engaged in a conversation. And as they are regularly engaged in a conversation, people build emotional connections. They get involved. They get bought into the relationships within the community as well as with your brand. And so those relationships and that emotional connection makes it really hard for customers to become unloyal. It makes it hard to switch brands because people have this genuine excitement to share a passion and to discuss and join like minded people. And when you find that group, that community, it does make the whole retail offering sticky. It's hard to leave if you also need to leave your friends. So you earn loyalty and you build up better attention. The next key benefit is around that brand advocacy and reach as well, which we've spoken about a little. Because as those community members become more active, become more committed, they turn into brand ambassadors. 
And this can really help to truly amplify positive word of mouth. And in turn, you're organically expanding the reach. And this can be great for introducing new people, new customers into the brand or the community. And it can be aspirational for people within the community to be able to learn from or even you know, look up to other experts within the community that can help share knowledge, share experience. And all of the discussions that people have ultimately is a fantastic vehicle for influencing future purchases within the community as well, right? Having a fantastic community positions your brand, your company as a trustworthy expert, an authentic trustworthy expert as well, just because you're hosting the community. You build confidence in the company and there is a great opportunity to naturally share more about the expert work that happens to go on within the company, whether it's product sourcing, product design, developing the service aspects, really understanding a customer's problem set or opportunity set. Lots of different elements that you can, like I say, naturally feed into the conversation with. And that gains attention. And as I say, it gains real authentic trust. A community can be an excellent way of listening to direct feedback and helping adjust and adapt the company in line with that feedback. Those community members increasingly do love your company and they want to help improve it. And often those members of the community will be quite vociferous and forward with that feedback. But it's there not as a complaint mechanism. It's there to help you. Feedback is, as they say, a gift. And actually, if you listen and you truly hear what your best customers are saying, you can really understand the different customer preferences. You can understand what the company means to them, what it allows them to do, what it helps them to achieve. And you understand the bugbears. You understand what they're really looking for, where their biggest prioritization would be in terms of you know feature sets or attributes and so on. So it's a great, almost secret way of capturing amazing insights to help guide the company. And from there, you can actually really enhance the shopping experience for those community members as well. Maybe you offer community exclusive perks. Maybe it's access to content that helps to elevate the overall shopping experience. And this is fantastic because it differentiates your brand within the marketplace. It builds some of that trust that we were talking about before. And it encourages repeat visits to your store, your website, your app, your social profiles, whatever. Because suddenly you turn your brand, your business into more than, in air quotes, just a shop. There's plenty of different retailers out there, as I've spoken about in many different occasions on this podcast and elsewhere. So actually, how can a community really set you aside from that fierce competition? How can it set you aside from just a retailer? And actually, you become a more important part of their life. And all of this helps to build your business resilience and ultimately helps support you when needed because a dedicated community is going to be more loyal. It is going to act like not a guaranteed, but more of a safety net when times are tough, right? ensuring that the business can continue to trade effectively. And ultimately, a great community doesn't necessarily need to cost a huge amount, 
but it does take the effort and the genuine passion that I know is already within the company, right? And you may be thinking about community being exclusively perhaps for physical locations, but not necessarily. This can be done offline and online. Yes, of course, having a store or other physical location is brilliant because you can get people together. And we all know, as demonstrated from all of the lockdowns that we've experienced, we build stronger relationships face to face. But online communities absolutely still exist and they absolutely can be fantastic because they're convenient, right? And you access a global audience. And this is fantastic, especially if that particular focus is a little bit more niche, a bit more targeted, where you might have a relatively small pool of customers within your local area as a shopper. But actually, when you're then talking to, let's say, the whole country or even the whole world, suddenly those numbers increase quite significantly. So community can be done online or offline. They've both got their pros and cons, of course, right? To help illustrate this, let's dive into some examples from a number of different categories. So firstly, let's look at the technology category and in particular, gaming. And I'd like to call out Microsoft here for gaming rooms, computer gaming rooms. In physical Microsoft stores, which has a relatively small estate, there are specific gaming areas set aside and set up. And these host gaming competitions. Now, of course, that could be for any game, but esports, of course, is hugely popular. And we've seen big press around massive tournaments and Microsoft are tapping into this. But they've also got workshops, for example, for Minecraft, where they can help to introduce new customers into the brand and start building that community, turning people from strangers all the way through up to those brand ambassadors, those strong advocates, right? And whilst this can be done in a physical setting, of course, computer gaming is excellent in an online fashion as well. And lots of games have got their own community space. But actually, Twitch was a social media platform that found its roots, its origins within that computer gaming community. And that grew Twitch to a massive size. And now it's much more, but it started within that computer gaming community element. Staying with the concept of gaming, but shifting the focus slightly, let's think about Games Workshop or Warhammer. I've spoken about this brand certainly on the podcast before because their stores are really strongly based around community. Customers come in and they can buy little models for wargaming and they can either paint up the little models in store, they can play games in store, they can meet their friends, they can make new friends. And Games Workshop do a great job of this in physical stores, but they also host large events as well. And they build an online community where they celebrate fan content, you know, particularly if someone's done an amazing paint job on, their, on the miniatures. So Games Workshop and Warhammer do an excellent job of helping people to connect with other like-minded people, but also championing members of the community. And if you're into that and you get highlighted by the brand, how amazing must that feel? You know, that customer has suddenly become super loyal instantly overnight, right? And you can't do that too much, of course, but it is definitely an opportunity. What's also quite interesting is, like the computer gaming, there are loads of different unofficial communities out there as well, whether it's on social media, other websites, 
and of course other sort of physical locations, gaming clubs and so on. Whilst there is a fantastic community that is official and branded, there are lots of unofficial communities too. Let's move back to technology and think about Apple and Samsung for a moment. Obviously two massive technology companies and both of these have got physical stores with lots of tech-enabled classes and workshops for the community. And these are on a whole host of different topics, from a beginner's guide to using an iPhone or Mac or whatever, through to workshops to help customers capture great photos of live football games, or to develop their photography skills around architecture, for example, or learning how to sketch on a tablet, or even learning how to reduce food waste from professional chefs, right? And in these physical locations, these classes and workshops are either regular or one-off events. The regular sessions are obviously run by a member of the store team, but the one-off classes often bring in external experts, either from the brand head office, or maybe it's a partnership or even a local celebrity, for example. And again, lots of different unofficial forums with content on YouTube and social media and so on. And of course, lots of bolt-on accessories that are also trying to build their own community. So it's, again, a great community, particularly in the physical space here, but with a whole wraparound of unofficial communities. So from high-tech, let's spin back to think about bookshops and in particular, book clubs. In physical bookshops, you've got book clubs that are running sort of a book of the month where you can go in, pick up a copy, read it and then discuss it or perhaps focus in on a particular chapter for a particular week, whatever. Lots of different settings. And these bookshops also have a great opportunity to host events with author book signings or special guest readers. And this is a great way of, again, engaging that community of passionate readers. Let's think about fashion. And perhaps one of the biggest community plays in the fashion world has been Shein recently. And in particular, their haul unboxing videos, which have gone wild on TikTok for the last couple of years, really helping to get the brand to have a huge awareness of a very specific customer demographic, particularly, you know, if you're thinking who was using TikTok back in 2021, for example. And this unboxing video is such a simple idea. People opening a box to see what they've bought and posting a video with a hashtag, right? But what Shein did really well was really build up that awareness, build up the excitement with lots of influencer investment, which ultimately encouraged regular people, non-influencers, should we say, to get involved as well. So that's a great example of a digital community built around a hashtag and a very simple idea. Spinning to the other end, complex digital communities are based in the metaverse and Vans have opened up their branded world within the Roblox metaverse game where you can go on and you can have a go at skating challenges, you can meet other members of the community and you can buy branded digital products in that location as well. So it's an opportunity to engage with other people and really seed and position the brand within the consumer's mind on a very particular topic, skateboarding, in this example, from Vans. And then in the physical space, 
I think one of the most exciting community aspects has got to be around pop-up shops for fashion retailers, whether it's big brands, opening small pop-ups, or even independent or small retailers and brands, again, using pop-ups to minimize investment, but also create some hype, some excitement, and get to meet customers in real life. Shifting slightly into the world of sport and exercise, and here we'll look at Nike, one of the most advanced companies at building that retail community. They've been hosting running clubs and yoga classes in physical stores for a long time. I remember for a while I used to walk past a a Nike store really early in the morning when the rest of the street was absolutely quiet because it was before shopping time opened. And actually, it was really interesting because there was always a fantastic class going on that you could see through the windows, absolutely packed, guaranteed, great way of building community spirit. But what's interesting is just very recently, they've announced a new concept around community called Nike Studio, which is going to be a network of boutique fitness studios, which blends in some of their other community elements like their Nike training studios and Nike running studios. And so this new studio is offering customers different training and workouts. It has a digital app for allowing customers to do at-home exercises and join classes remotely. They've got a whole calendar of different social fitness events, and that's a direct quote from them, to add sort of fun and motivation and that community aspect to build relationships. And, and I'll quote again directly from Nike here, it's powered by world-class trainers, dynamic workouts and supportive community. Members are given the motivation and guidance to move well in every aspect of their lives. So Nike are clearly recognizing the power of great community. And Nike Studio is not going to be a free community. It is something that you need to pay for either on a one-off basis to attend one class or on a repeat subscription basis. And this Nike Studio concept was one that I highlighted in the retail transformation briefing just in the last week. Now, if you don't know what the retail transformation briefing is, then where have you been living? (laughs) The Retail Transformation Briefing, in all honesty, is my weekly email newsletter. It's absolutely free and it highlights key headlines, trends and insights from around the ever-evolving world of retail. So if you want to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of retail and you're keen to understand how you can drive effective transformation, then sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. It's free and it will be in your inbox every single week. Sign up now at obandco.uk slash 251. That's obandco.uk slash 251. So let's think of a few more examples. Sticking with the sports theme for just a short moment, sports teams arguably amongst any other aspect of life, earn lifetime loyalty from the fans. They build a super strong community. Once you become a fan of a sports team, that's it. You're in there for life. And there are, of course, the official communities with naturally great events and physical locations, but also loads of online communities and unofficial communities as well. 
where it's just fans getting together to talk about their shared passion. And I also love how sports teams start to name their fans. So you have Arsenal Football Club, who have the Gunners. Manchester City have the Citizens. And that's similar to actually pop stars as well. You've got Taylor Swift with her Swifties or the Shirios for Ed Sheeran. And giving a name to the community, again, helps people feel part of something. It's tangible. It's got a name, right? So could your community have a quirky, fun name? Something that people can say, I'm a, insert your amazing name here, member, and I'm part of that community. You know, it's ownership. You are picking a tribe. If we go down to our sort of prehistoric selves, right? You are associating with a group of people and saying we're together. Shifting gears a little with another example. Selfridges have got loads of different events that they host in store. Some of these are free events, but some are absolutely ticketed with a clear price tag associated. And these events shift from pancake making to learning how to ride a scooter to well-being workshops or beauty product launches in collaboration with brands. And then the final example of a fantastic community that I wanted to highlight with you is the whole cosplay movement where you get fans, really diehard fans, dressing up and attending aspects like Comic-Con to celebrate their favourite comic superheroes or Star Wars or Star Trek. An opportunity to really get together with those like-minded people with very clear shared passion, making new friends, meeting some of the stars from a latest movie or a comic book writer, whatever. The level of passion that these people exhibit is infectious, right? And it gets other people excited to go and attend one of these, like I say, Comic-Con or something like that. And that community and every single interaction within the community is all helping nudge up loyalty one step stronger, one step stronger. And that in turn encourages that next purchase. It encourages that genuine recommendation. It allows those companies that are doing an excellent job of excelling in community to go one step further, to be more robust, to go faster, to understand what their customers are really looking for. Because there are so many great opportunities by having an effective and relevant group of like-minded people to share their common interests, their common passions. So if you are intrigued by the opportunity of community and you want to consider exploring it further, where do you start? Well, here are seven elements that I wanted to share with you today to start exploring how community could work for you and your retail business. And of course, each community is highly individual, right? Highly relevant to the particular brand, the particular niche, the customer demographic, and so on. So here are the seven things. Starting firstly with the existing communities. You know, what community structures are in place already? And that could be an official community or unofficial communities. And then critique those communities. How can they be leveraged? How can they be improved upon further? Do they have aspects of both physical and digital? Or is there the opportunity to shift into a different channel? 
The second aspect is around that community purpose. So following on from the first element and thinking more about your ideal community, what core values or mission is going to unite people together? How are you going to be able to inspire your community? What would they want to be talking about or sharing or learning about? And how can you give your community a distinct identity like we were talking about earlier? The next element is thinking about growth and engagement. How are you going to grow that community? How are you going to guide customers towards the community? And what incentives are there going to be? You know, maybe exclusive products, early access to things, special behind the scenes content, lots of different elements that you can build into that community. But how can you encourage people to join the community and actively participate? In many of the examples, we've been talking about making new friends. So how can you encourage engagement within the community to get people talking, to get people making new friends and inviting their existing friends into the community as well? The next element, number four, is around feedback and adjusting the business. And here you want to think about how you can use the community to listen to your customers, how you can gather helpful, meaningful, genuine feedback from the community members and how you can then implement that feedback to ensure that you're continuously evolving the business, the products, the service, the experience to really meet your members' needs. And again, like one of the examples we're talking about earlier of championing a customer, think about how amazing it would feel if you as a customer have shared a piece of feedback with a brand and they have adjusted and listened and responded directly to you and made changes. Instant loyalty, right? And a great source of future recommendations, I'm sure. The next element is to think about governance and uh, inclusive space. The aim for the community is absolutely positive, but you do need to think about how you are going to moderate that community, especially if it's an official community with your brand exclusively attached to it, right? You want that to be a respectful, positive, inclusive and safe space for members, right? The sixth aspect to consider is around monetization and accessibility. And here, firstly, you're going to need to think about, is it a free community or a paid for community? Or is there a hybrid element which allows customers to upgrade to get more perks? And with this, think about what is that community proposition and how is that going to help to support growth and access to all of the future members? And lastly, but definitely not least, the seventh consideration to factor in is around success and what a successful community would mean for the business. Why are you interested in building the community? What does it mean? What are you trying to do? And how are you going to prove whether it is a successful community. And here, those communities that are not looking to drive direct sales or boost a particular loyalty metric, for example, they're the ones that are most genuine, most authentic, and therefore most successful, actually probably driving the most sales and getting the most loyalty, right? If you are too obviously trying to do that, it just comes across as another marketing tactic, another broadcast mechanism. And people see right through it, let's be honest. I'm sure we can all 
reflect on our own experiences as a customer about different brands and companies that we've interacted with, and you spot it when a company is trying to just shift a load of gear onto you, right? Your customers are just the same. (laughs) Hope that's not too breaking news for you there. But really do think about what would success mean to you and also to your customers? What would a successful community mean for your customers? So community absolutely is a huge opportunity for retailers and brands. But if it's not understood, it can quickly descend into becoming just another buzzword, as I said right at the start. But by taking inspiration from the different case studies that we've discussed today, and really thinking through those seven considerations, there is, I believe, a huge golden opportunity for you to build a meaningful community for your customers. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to do next after listening to this episode. You can find my contact details on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 251. And there you can sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. Plus, you can find some episodes to listen to next if you want to go deeper. And I've got three recommendations for you to get started. Firstly, in episode 227, I was talking about enhancing your customer ecosystem. And in that episode, community was a small part of it, which obviously we've explored in much more detail today. But there are other customer ecosystems that you need to consider as well. So check out episode 227. Also check out episode 250 called Becoming Fit for the Future. And perhaps building an effective community is going to help you to become fit going forward. And then finally, we touched on the fantastic example of the community around comics. And in episode 191, I was delighted to talk to a Spider-Man comic book writer, B. Earl. And we were talking about how story opens retail's great adventure. And I can't help but feel there is a great set of golden nuggets waiting right there. If you want to think about how your brand story embeds into your brand community as well. So three episodes there to check out next. Find them all at obandco.uk slash 251. That's obandco.uk slash 251. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening in today. I appreciate a little bit longer than our usual episode length today, but a really important topic to dive into in a meaningful way. And one final ask. Please, could you recommend this episode to one other person? Perhaps it's a colleague. Maybe you want to share a post on LinkedIn. Or if you're not sure, then a lovely review on Apple Podcasts would be wonderful, please. Thank you so much, as always. And I look forward to joining you in another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.